Thank you. All right, well, good morning. How are you? You guys awake? I know you just watched a lot of, like, streaming and stuff, so we have a lot of stuff going on. Um, I, uh, I, was, I always get honored when PG's like, hey, will you preach? I'm like, yeah, and so I joked with him today. It's kind of, I, said, I said, you know, the attendance is probably going to be low today, he said, and I said, that's why you got me preaching, right? And he's like, yeah. Um, usually, usually I say things that are a little different, so if you're used to different flavors and you don't know much about me, I will say things that seem like a little bit like, what in the world? You're off the wall. You're crazy. It's, um, again, I'm never trying to do anything to be offensive, but I am trying to do things to provoke you. Um, I love to, to utilize this opportunity to cause a little bit of change, a little bit of stirring. Um, I'm not going to give you a message that's going to kind of make you feel, oh. I'm going to give you a message that's going to challenge you a little bit um, because that's just kind of how I am. That's my kind of my vein, and that's just the way I go. So uh, hopefully we can have some fun, and hopefully you won't fall asleep on me, and I won't <laughs> preach. I promise you I'm not going to sit here and preach for an hour. Um, I'm going to keep it right to the point. I'm going to land the plane or else it crashes. So we want to land it. So a couple things I want to do is I want to, I want to open up with something really funny. Um, I like studying. I like visuals and different things. I love um, getting to understand beyond what I've known. But how many of you guys have ever seen the simple thing of a camel? You guys seen camels before? Okay. How many of you guys saw that video where those people were on the camel and the camel's like falling and like the people were falling off? Did you see that camel video? Oh, I was dying. It was great. And it, it made the people look like they weighed like 7,000 pounds. It was really embarrassing for the people. But this camel was just refusing to walk. But we have a picture of a camel. So Jonathan, I want you to show the picture of the camel. All right, so this camel is carrying a lot of weight, okay? So what I started researching, because I want to know stupid things that don't matter, and usually I do it when I'm on the toilet. So what I do <laughs> is I said, okay, what, what kind of weight can a camel carry? I actually did a study, and the amount of weight that a camel can carry is typically up to 600 pounds. I was like, that's impressive. I'm like, even I can ride on a camel. I'm like, this is great. So... I'm looking at this camel in the perspective of a camel carrying this weight, and then this verse, like this, this um, phrase comes to mind that the straw that broke the camel's back. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's a popular phrase. And so, again, in the bathroom, I study. And so I wanted to know, and you know how hard it was to find out the weight of a piece of straw? And we know this is a term, and it's figurative, and it's just symbolic, but I want to be more literal. So I'm like, okay, how much does a piece of straw weigh? And a piece of straw weighs one sixty-seventh of an ounce. I'm like, interesting. So in reality, when we say a phrase that it's the straw that broke the camel's back, it's literally one sixty-seventh of an ounce is what broke it. It's that one little thing that finally just broke the camel. Now, why do I say this? Because I think right now, in this room, in this house, and of course outside, there are people that are going through things, and we see it. We start seeing things where they're breaking down, and they're messed up. We start seeing their marriage falling apart, and nobody talks about it, but we look on social media. We scope out, oh, why aren't there pictures of them together anymore? What's going on here? This post here, this post here. So we investigate people's lives vicariously through the Internet because we have no relationship with them in the house. And so what happens is now all of a sudden we see the straw, and we see the camel break. And we think we have great revelation because we saw the straw and we never understood the 600 pounds that they were carrying. So what happens is we think we are sitting in a place and in a position of a church that has community. 
when you can tell the difference when a church is mistaken community for fellowship, it's when the straw breaks the camel's back and we never saw the weight and we aren't able to help them anymore because all we saw was the straw. The truth is, is if fellowship is actually mimicking community, we don't have community. That is nothing more than just a mockery of community. Fellowship is, yes, it's good. But what does community look like? See, this is where it gets a little bit messy. See, community is a lot more painful than we want to give credit to. Community costs something. Community is not easy. It's hard. Um, you know, I tell you what, community, one thing about community is, is it's difficult for me because you got to get, you got to get vulnerable. You got to get real. I mean, with community, like, I don't even know you guys necessarily personally, many of you. I don't know your name. I'm, I'm in leadership here at this church. I don't know you. It doesn't mean that everybody you're going to know personally. But within this house, like when we say there's connect groups and all that, that's good. We're trying to give you something to figure it out. But community is something you have to do. It's something you need. And why do you need it? Because when your marriage starts falling apart, who are the people that you're in community with that have relationship with you and your spouse that can go literally pull yourself together because you're in a mess? You know what I'm saying? You're, you're not doing well. Because people are hurting in this place. So... What does community look like? So what happens for me, I see this. I, I mean, for me, he says, for, I put this down in my notes. When we see people falling apart, acting out, or broken, we have to stop looking at the straw being the cause of the breakdown. Consider the 600 pounds that we could not discern. 600 pounds could have been financial fears, marriages falling apart, children walking away from God, relationship troubles, health problems. The list goes on. But if you are not close enough to someone or in a community with some people, you will never know what's going on in their life. And you know what? We don't have understanding. We are so good at noticing the poop in the yard of the church. But no one has taught us how to clean it up. No one has told us, like, you know what? You're like, oh, don't step in that. Well, what the heck? What if I just stepped in it? Now what? What do we do? Oh, I, oh man, did you see so-and-so? Did you see that, that post? Oh, my gosh. They're looking like a harlot up in social media. Why? What's going on? What's beyond what we see? What's beyond the straw? What is it? What's going on? And to me, that's a big deal. We, I was just, as I was watching, I, I disconnect sometimes. I don't know. Some of you, do you ever disconnect when watching things on the screen? They're all shaking their head. Just make a mental note. we got to figure this out. But it said, it said, Remnant Christian Center, and I love it. It says, a community church. Hey, Remnant Christian Center, prove it. Prove it. Stop preaching something you're not becoming or demonstrating. Stop pretending you have something you have not. What we should do is figure out how to do this. Perfect example of community. So all of a sudden, I'll say, I know something's going on with PG. You know what I do? Here's how community works. Me and PG, we're hanging out outside these four walls. That's crucial. If you think community is going to happen right now on a two-hour service, you don't get community. So I'm hanging out with PG. PG's telling me, you know what? I've been dealing with some serious issues. And then we start talking. And then he says, you know, I got a question. Me and Bowley. Bowley's so much like you, John. I don't understand it. It's weird. Maybe you get it. But I'm, I, I got a question regarding this. And he asked a question to me. And I said, well, here's my thoughts. But what, what about this? And then it gets deeper and deeper and deeper. And before you know it, we're getting into serious things that are happening in his life 
or that's happening in my life. And then he says something, it sparks something in me, and I go, oh, you know, that's what's going on with me too. What, what's the deal? And then we start challenging each other. Okay, here's how we can fix some of this. Let's talk about it. And then you're like, well, she's not going to listen to me. You know what? And then I bring my wife over. Come here, hon. Come here. Let's talk. And then we come together as couples. We talk a little bit. We hang out. We actually fellowship. Do you know how much ministry happens around my kitchen table? I have seen more salvations, deliverances, healings happen at my kitchen table than I have at this altar. It doesn't mean that this isn't important. What it means is that the real power comes in relationship and community at your table, at your house, at your life. So if we have just this, we're kind of missing the whole experience. And we've reduced what we think of church and ministry and God to this. This is good, but this isn't it. Okay? So community also looks like, hey, my marriage is falling apart. The truth is, you had already identified that a marriage was in trouble before they even had to say something because you were close enough to them. It's you saying, hey, something's going on. What's up? I'm going to be honest. I've talked to young, young couples, young married couples. We've been all hanging out together, playing cards, doing whatever. And next thing you know, they start talking about, oh, the husband, he was, um, he was dealing with a pornographic addiction, how the wife dealt with this and this. And I'm like, yeah, I'm like, and for me, I said, I used to deal with the same thing. And my wife had to come through this. And this is what she did. And then, and then she starts ministering to the wife and the pain where she's at because nobody else understands. You know what? Being that vulnerable and that real. That is crucial. But community is painful, and it's intrusive. That's hard for me. Now, community does not mean you're going to have 50 people. Okay? There's different groups. So you're going to have a few that are real close. Those are the people that get the deep, dark, serious stuff with you. There are some that are on the outside that you're in fellowship with that get a little bit of that, but not all. Okay? And then there's outer circles. Those people you love, they're part of this body, but they're not going to be in the dirt of your life, okay? Not everyone needs to know your junk. Let me tell you, some of you think social media is your vomit platform, and you expose everything in your dirty life and your aggravation. You say one sentence that's so, like, backhanded, underlying, you can tell right away what's wrong with you. You got an attitude, and you're mad about something. And it's obvious. But the truth is, if you were in community, that social media platform wouldn't look like that or sound like that because you wouldn't need to vent. Venting is still just as much like gossip. Like we don't understand what, we think venting is like, oh, it's healthy. It's actually not even scripturally right. Venting is not, I'm just so sick of this. You are grumbling and complaining. You want to you wanna sugarcoat it. I'm venting. It's not cute, okay? You're trying to make it sound cute. Just like your sin, I fell into sin. Like there was a gaping hole. You chose to walk in that sin. Why are we so dumb? Why are we acting like this, you know? Let's be honest with ourselves. Oh, man, I, I accidentally lusted. And What are you talking about? You turned on your phone. You went to that website. You played that game in your heart, and you messed up because you wanted to. But we can't own our stuff. We can't own that we have bad desires or problems and that we, we just can't be that real because here we have to keep everything looking a certain way. Community says, I have to get to the reality of what I'm dealing with. It's a big deal. But let's talk about some of the burdens and the things you carry. So I want to get into some of that. Man, this thing wants to recognize my face when it's convenient. All right. So, all right, so here we go. I just died. Hello? There we go. So um, he's got power back there. He's like, I don't like the sermon. Mute. <laughs> so um, I'm going to go to, 
I'm going to go into something else here that, dude, this microphone loves me. So Matthew, and let, let me tell you, that's a sound problem. You don't rebuke the devil. It's just a sound issue. That's something else we do. You all laugh because we've done it. You're like, I rebuke that devil. I'm like, it's a, it's a short in the microphone. Calm down. Like, we can't be organic anymore. We're so weird. And we're like, why aren't people coming to church? Because you're weird. You're not normal. Sorry, rabbit trail. Anyway, so Matthew 11, 28 through 30. I'm going to read this scripture to you. And I'll read it on, on the way it says on the screen because I'm going to read a different version. Then you're going to get confused because we don't read our Bibles. But can you put that on the screen? Matthew eleven twenty eight through 30. Jonathan's like, wait a minute. Okay, there it is. Come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Wow, we've heard that scripture. You know what? For so many people, this is not funny. They think yoke, they think eggs. You laugh, but this is true. They're like, I, I, what do you, why is he making over easy eggs? I'm like, oh my gosh. Okay, so I'm going to show you a picture of two oxen that have a yoke on them and what we're referring to. So here's this picture. This picture, so that wood thing actually has a little thing that goes under the neck. It ties them together. That's a yoke, okay? So now looking at this picture, let's think of this verse. Jesus says, my yoke is easy. Okay, so you're basically, you're yoked with the Lord, all right, and you're moving. So keep that picture up there. Keep it up there. That's good. All right. So you're, you're tied with the Lord. He is saying, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. But first, it says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. A lot of us aren't willing to connect ourselves to Christ to be able to learn from him. Because right now, let's say the cow on the left is the Lord. And that's the one who's leading. No matter what way that, that the Lord goes, that other cow right there has to follow because they're tied together. All right? So he's like, we're going this way. We, we look at that as being burdensome. It's not. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. I'm going to teach you. So you connect yourself and tie yourself to the Lord. And he's like, come on. And then it says the things that you're going to have to carry your pull. So let's say you're pulling a wagon, a plow. It's going to be easy and light. Relax. I'm not putting things on you that, you're not going to, that you can't handle. This will be easy for you because you're connected to me. And I'm the one who carries this more than you think. So all of a sudden, you realize, I have to walk with the Lord. A lot of us right now, especially in our charismatic church, what we do is we think, God, you're going to fix everything. And what happens is, you take yourself out of the picture, and now there's a single cow, and it's the Lord with a yoke, and the other part's empty, and you're like, God, fix this and plow my field. Because we're not willing to go with the Lord or put any work in, because, God, I have favor and I'm blessed, and yeah, I've asked you for it. I declared it, so go ahead, plow the field, Lord. You're not willing to contend and run with him. And because you won't contend and run with him, because you won't do any work because we're lazy and we let our faith make us lazy, and it's not even real faith, that we don't do anything. God, I, God, I, need, I need a financial blessing. As you sit home and you collect disability, even though you're perfectly fine because you're lazy now. Because if I work, it's a little harder. I'm not saying it's bad to get disability. I'm saying, are you able to do something? Are you able to work? I know people that said, I would rather stay on government assistance and do what I'm doing, then get out and get a job because it's too hard. I know people like that. And you're like, really? Yes. I don't know why God won't, you know, change my situation. Because you won't change it. We want the genie in the bottle, God, to fix everything. 
His yoke is easy. His burden is light. But you still have to be yoked with him. When the Bible says don't be unequally yoked, it brings a whole new meaning. I mean, what are we talking about here? What are we doing with the Lord? What is the process of our life? And everybody's all excited about, oh, my gosh, I can't wait for 2020, and then 2021's coming. Guess what? When you wake up January 1st, COVID's still here. Have we thought about this yet? Or are we still in the delusional fantasy world that everything's going to get better because the clock strikes midnight, maybe a digital ball will fall. Who knows what's going to happen anymore? What if, what if, Nothing changes, because most likely nothing is going to change. You know what's going to change this next year is you. It's your choice. You keep asking God for a miracle you're not willing to be a participant in, you're not going to get anything. See, and that's why I like that, that video is inspirational. You know why? Because it, it forces us to have some reality. It forces us to, to understand that, you know what, we can do this, but we got to do something. we got to move. So... Again, I, I think this is funny, but God does not call us to be camels. He's not even calling us to be ox, like a big old, mo- no. You know what he calls us to be? He calls us to be sheep. So I'm going to show you a picture of a sheep, just in case you forgot what it looks like. So here's a sheep. No, no. Sheep, sheep, that's my wife. She wants every farm animal, and I'm like, no. I want a nice log cabin in the mountains. She's like, I want a farm. I'm like, gosh. So here's a sheep. Sheep, you know what's funny about a sheep versus a camel? So we're going to go back and forth between the camel picture and the sheep picture real quick. So, oh, cool. We're going to change microphones too. Hey, ready? You hand me a dead mic? What? I love you. Hello? Hello? Are we doing? Are we good? Okay, there we go. So there's our camel. We're going to call him Fred. So there's Fred. And now let's go back to Lucy, the sheep. There we go. Back to Fred. Let's notice some differences. That... Fred is a load-bearing animal. Let's go back to the sheep. Not a load-bearing animal. Go back to the camel. Y'all think, you think you're the camel. God's a shepherd. He doesn't take care of the camels. He doesn't guard the camels. Go back to the sheep. This is what you are. You need a shepherd. Okay? It's not a load-bearing animal. You put weight on that, that little sheep, it's going to break. It's going to die. It can't walk. It won't live. Do you understand that? Many of you, let's go back to the camel. Many of you are carrying 600 pounds this morning. And literally, if I put one little piece of straw on you, you're done. Because if you put 600 pounds on a sheep, it's going to break it in moments. It's not going to be able, it's done. But you're walking around trying to hold all of this. You're like this. All your problems, all your issues, my marriage is falling apart, but you know what? i got to keep up appearances. I'm not saying put it all out there for everybody else. Keep your pearls to yourself, but I'm saying make sure that there's somebody running next to you. Make sure if you got something going on that there's people that are there with you, okay? It's a big deal. Don't try to do this on your own. And some of you, some of you got people that will pet you in your sin. I hate that. You know what? You do you. You live your best life. You look like a whore on Facebook. That's terrible. You can't do that. Who's the person that says something to you? We don't. We don't say it. Why? You know why you don't say it? Because you have no community with them and you don't love them. 
If you're in a relationship with, right now, if I saw Harvest put something, I'm not even like real tight, but me and Harvest, we, we're cool. So me and Harvest are friends. But if I saw him do something stupid and it's in the public, I have enough relationship that I'm going to walk up and go, Harvest, what's going on? Are you okay? I'm going to say something. I care about his wife. I care about his daughter. I care about his family. I love him. I'm not here to go, man, you suck. That's not what I'm doing. I'm not. Now, privately, I might be like, what the heck, bro? But I'm going to say to him, I'm going to say, Harvest, what's going on? What happened? What can I do? And, and he's just going to tell me what's going on because he's now not in a good place. And I'm going to say, Harvest, I'm here. I want to be here for you. And then I'm going to say, but this is not the way you should go. You can't do this. Like, but this is my choice. I'm like, you're making a stupid choice. And I got to get in his face for real because I love him enough. But if some of you that don't know him get up in front of him and be like, man, I saw you on social media and you don't even know him, get out of here. Holds totally different weight. You're expecting to get the favor of the Lord on your life when you have no relationship with that person. You think all of a sudden God's going to use you. Now, I'm not saying he can't, but I'm saying most likely he wants to use people that are in relationship with one another to bring that healing, to bring that guidance, to bring that teaching. That's important. It's normal. That's normal Christianity. That's what community looks like. But your load that you're carrying on you right now is heavy. It's bigger than you realize, and you don't know what to do with that. So I'm going to go ahead and go to another scripture. And it says this um, in Galatians 6, 1 through 5. So I'll read it from here. So brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Stop right there. We're not even going to move. First of all, there's major issues right now just in that scripture verse. How do we do this? It says, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual... Not you who are carnal pretending to be spiritual. You who actually walk by the Spirit. Not the one that just pretends. I'm talking like spiritual in the sense of you have a relationship with God. And it's real. There's some fruit in your life. There is that gentleness, that meekness. That, I mean, there's, there's things in you that are real. When somebody looks at you, they know that you actually care and that they're not just a number. They're not just like a person sitting in your seats. Or that's something you can get something from. A lot of you are more motivated by what you get from someone than you are for actually loving the person. We're guilty of it, guys. It happens. And then it says, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness. So what happens when the husband has an affair on the wife in this house? What happens when a son goes astray in this house? What happens when someone here has a baby out of wedlock in this house? How do we do this? You who are spiritual, restore such a person in the spirit of gentleness. Consider yourself, lest you also be tempted. You know how many times we see leadership? God, we just pray for these people. God, keep me safe. I'm, I'm asking for that prayer for me too. Lest I become like that. Go to the next verse for me. It says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Bearing one another's burdens. What does that look like? It doesn't look like you take the 600 pounds on yourself. It means, listen, come here. You shouldn't have this on your back. I'm going to help you learn how to take this off. And it also means, you know what? Hey, I know you're pregnant and you want to have an abortion, but here's what we're going to do. We're going to make sure to get people around you that when you have this baby and you choose to keep this baby, that we're going to help you to make sure you have the support, the money, everything you need, the health care, whatever you need. And we're going to take this on with you. 
And you know what? Because all we want to do is, you better not murder that baby. So we send out a mom who can't handle life on her own, now with a child, and she has no hope. But at least she didn't kill the baby. Yeah, one for the Christians. What are we doing? That's hypocrisy. We, I am saying I, we are all for life. But at the same time, there's another life. We're for life in the womb, but not when it's born? You see what I'm saying? I think we, we get things twisted. So how do we bear one another's burdens? So keep going. For if anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. It's terrible. Keep going. But let each one examine his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. A lot of us get ourselves stirred up when we get compliments, which is nice. Compliments are good. Don't do the false humility thing. It's just the Lord. No, you did something. You chose. You know, people come up to me like, I love that message. It was just God. Okay, you're so holy. Be quiet. It's literally just be normal, okay? Be normal. So they're like, you did, that was just amazing. Thank you so much. Like, yeah, I appreciate that because sometimes I think people hate me and they're going to stone me. And so thank you so much. Like, be normal, okay? And it says, it says that you can rejoice. Go back to it. Rejoicing, which is huge, in himself alone. So basically, me and God, when we step aside, I go, we, we did good today, didn't we? Yeah. I remember when you spoke this to my mind when I was preaching, and then I had to say it, and I know, I know with confidence you, you talked to somebody's heart, and you got a hold of somebody today. God, thank you so much. I, I was scared to say it. I'm scared, I'm scared to be me because I know I'm going to get criticized, judged, misunderstood. But God, please let them just hear you, and, and I thank you so much for still using me. And there's this intimacy that we have. And I know when I stand alone with him, I'm okay. So go to the next one. And it says, for each one shall bear his own load. Mm. Next. Did I have more or no? Is that it? Okay, that's fine. Each one bearing his own load. I had, I've read the whole thing. It, so if you understand, you have your own thing that you have to carry. All of us do. But in community, we yoke ourselves to the Lord and to others. Okay. And we start understanding what that looks like. I love looking at the pictures when I see the small groups in homes. I love those pictures. That, to me, is good stuff. Going bowling and fellowshipping, that's good stuff. But that community, because that builds relationships, especially guys. You know how many people in youth ministry? Okay, youth ministry alone. I have had more interaction playing video games with students and been able to actually minister to them through video games than you can imagine. Why? Because it breaks down walls. You just have fun. You talk. That's important. Then, as you build that relationship and you bond, all of a sudden... Things start opening up. There's some trust built. It takes time. Some of you guys aren't taking any time. You're not trying at all. At all. So it's really important that as we get a hold of being in a community together, that one, realize that we're not Fred the camel. Okay? You're Lucy the sheep. Some of you today are walking out of here thinking you're camels. That's cute, but you're going to die. Spiritually, you're going to die. Some of you are like, I can't fix this. I don't know what to do anymore. I, I mean, my life is in this weird idle mode. As long as you take all that junk off of you and you yoke yourself to the Lord, his yoke is easy. His burden is light. He's going to guide you. But pay attention. Pay attention to it. He will direct you, okay? He will make your path straight. He will guide you. He's a lamp into your feet, a light. I mean, there's scripture after scripture after scripture that tells you he will be with you. But you can't sit back and look at God as if he's that ox and you're sitting on the back of the cart going, 
Come on, let's go. You're up there with him. You're partnered with the Lord. Some of you are riding on the cart. That's arrogant. That's ignorant. We can't ride on the cart, okay? We got to keep moving. So in essence today, I think that's, that's like the bulk of what I wanted to communicate to you. But I would think this. I would think if we're going to be honest with ourselves, obviously it's not going to happen in a moment. I can't say, okay, guys, start spilling out your beans with everybody right here. Because what I just showed you is something that we, are sh- we should be aspiring to. So if you want to say, hey, what should change in 2021 for RCC? What should change is this mentality we have. Are we really in relationship with people? I mean, how many people do you go to lunch with? The enemy gets to pick off sheep that are by themselves. I'm being honest. So you isolate yourself and you get picked off, don't be mad about it. Some sheep don't want a shepherd. Do not. And I think, you know, it's so funny, COVID forces an isolation. I'm not so worried about all that. Uh, you know what I'm worried about? I'm worried about the fact that we don't know how to get back into family. We don't know how to get back into relationship. Because sometimes it's a lot easier being by yourself. Because I don't got to deal with crazy people. I'm the only crazy one in the room and nobody, nobody fights with me. I'm good. Being with other people, I mean, spirit of stupid is hard for me, guys. If I see some dumb stuff, I'm like, that's how I feel. People say the funniest thing. Let me tell you, 2020, the amount of prophecies that I've seen go astray in 2020, I'm like, oh, Lord Jesus, help us all. We sound so weird right now. What are we going to do? I mean, and now, again, because because our calendar changes, we're going to have all the new prophecies coming out for 2021. That's cute. I don't care. The reality is, let's... Let's think about this. Is the Lord speaking? Yes. Is he always speaking? Yes. Is he talking about what we should be doing in our lives? Yes. Is it because our calendar just flipped over to the next year? That's not the reason. It's because we think that way. We reset that way. So he works within our silliness. But he's trying to tell us something. He's trying to tell us that we're not getting it right. If we have to advertise to bring people here, we're not doing it right. People should be flooding to come here because there's something we offer. We shouldn't have to have fancy marketing, you know, by millions of dollars. There's some people that spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to put out commercials, Facebook, all this stuff. We put basic stuff out there, which is like, hey, just in case you need to know. But there's people that are spending millions out there to market themselves. Since when was the Spirit of God and the glory of God not enough to draw men unto himself? Don't lose the awe and wonder of who he is. Don't. Don't forget. Don't forget. So in this season of life now, don't allow this time to be wasted. You have much to do. You have not come close to even arriving to this, and neither have I. I am telling you that if we're going to do things right, and you want to see a move of God, stop, stop right now. Stop praying for revival and pray for a reformation. If we see a reformation, which is a change in how we think, how we do things, reforming our minds, getting back to the truth of the gospel, what the kingdom is, what community is, if we get reformed, now we have room for revival. But if we try to have revival in this, that's not it. God wants to change things, okay? So let's be open to changing. 
So this next year, how are you going to look? What are you going to do differently? If you want a New Year's resolution, follow the word of God and let's get it right. That's it. That's your whole New Year's resolution. And don't lie to yourself. Because, yeah, I want to be thinner and I want to do this. I get it. Sure, we should always do that. Not because it's January 1st. Okay? What are you going to do? Let's make the resolution this year not so selfish. Let's not make it all about ourselves this time. Let's say, what are we going to do, God? So what is the New Year's resolution for this house? We are going to be known, first of all, by our love. We're going to be known because we're a community. And we're going to be a community that's active. Okay? You're not going to get caught up in the silly things. But you're going to be active in relationship with one another. Don't look to PG and these elders to carry you any longer. Stop that. They are here to love you and do whatever they can to serve you and and direct you and whatever. That's great. But the way we think of church and community is we have Moses. Let's follow him. And we'll grumble and complain even though we're following him. And that's how we do church. And we forgot about Jesus doing what he did, being on this side of the cross under grace and going, let's sit at the round table and run together. Let's do it. But we want a Moses to lead us because it's easier to look at someone else and follow them than it is to lead ourselves. You're like, well, he's the leader, so there's nothing I can do more spiritual than him. What kind of messed up thinking is that? I want PG to be provoked by the people in this house to make PG go, man, these people are going faster and crazier than I am. Look at what they're doing. This is breaking out, and I have nothing to do with it. Man, make, make that man fight insecurity. Make him challenge why he's even here. If he does, I want him to question his position because he raised up a house that is flourishing where you don't actually even need to hear the word that he preaches because God's speaking through all of you. And that's the thing. And it doesn't negate his value. He still has the same value. His worth is never going to be in how good he preaches. If he never preaches another message or a sermon, but he just tends to the people, he's worth everything he is. That's what he's called to do. What would we do, though, in a church? We would crucify you, PG. If you stop preaching here on a Sunday morning, I know you wouldn't because you love your people. I'm saying, if you stop preaching for a full year, well, why are we paying PG a salary? What are you doing? Like, what is the, what's your worth? Your worth is not from this podium. Your worth is not what people think about you. Your worth is, are you called and do you love? Yeah, and who is he? Now, you're, now you know who you are. See, all of us here have a job to do. Stop sitting to the point where you let all the leaders do all the big spiritual things. Why aren't you doing it? And the spiritual things, I, I posted a post. I got in trouble. I always do. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull it. I'm just going to read it word for it because I'll mess it up. And I get in trouble. My wife, my wife is actually worse than I am now, which I'm like, oh, golly. Jeez. You're still trying to make people mad. So I, I get mad at silly things. So somebody posted a post and said, so what's the most annoying thing during the holidays for you? What annoys you the most? And I'm like, don't ask these questions because I want to answer. I'm like, that's a terrible thing. So I said, I can't stand the phrase, oh, my gosh, you guys are going to hate me. I can't stand the phrase, keep Christ in Christmas or Jesus is the reason for the season because it's such an obvious statement, duh. Like, but when you say it, you're like, so profound. He's the reason for this. Are you, shut up. No kidding. Are you, why are you saying it like that? Like, keep Christ in Christmas. Like, I feel like I'm at pre-K. I'm like, why are we doing that? I get what you're saying. Like, let's not forget Jesus is the reason. I get it. 
And then it's like, did you sing happy birthday to Jesus this week? I'm like, anyway. My issue is this. I put this on a post, and I got, I got some private messages that were beautiful. I said, <laughs> you want to keep Christ in Christmas. I said, feed the hungry, comfort the afflicted, love the outcasts, forgive the wrongdoer, and inspire the hopeless. No, but we just want to preach, keep Christ in Christmas. You know how you tell people how to keep Christ in Christmas? You show them. What are we doing? Are we actually doing it? Just like I said before, Matthew 25, did you feed me when I was hungry? Did you clothe me when I was naked? Did you visit me when I was in prison? Like, are, are we doing that? No. We're coming to church. It's our social club. We have a good time together. I pay my membership and my dues. We're good. Guys. It's so much more than this. And we're missing out on the greatest adventure of our lives together. The greatest adventure of our lives together. You're like, I don't like this person because I, like, I don't like this. Well, so? You didn't create them. That's who they are. Well, I don't like their personality. I don't like yours. It doesn't matter. I don't like the way they do this. Cool. What does that have to do with anything? You think Jesus liked everybody he came in contact with immediately because he's God? He's like, I love all of you. People were frustrating. He ran out to the mountain. He's like, okay, I love these people, but, like, i got to get away. <laughs> I mean, guys, even Jesus himself on the earth understood what it meant to get away with the Lord, to get back in with people. Get away with the Lord, get back in with the people. Some of you are like, get away with the Lord. Get away with the Lord. <laughs> That's what you've done. And you're like... I don't need all these people. I have no drama in my life right now. I feel like I feel good because y'all wear me out. So, and that's what I'm saying. It's time to realize that this year, so here's the deal. Are you Fred the camel or not? So when you come in here carrying, it doesn't mean that, that people aren't going to throw stuff on your back. It doesn't mean they're not going to throw things on you or things aren't going to come your way. But when you're in community, you're going to lock arms. You're going to be yoked to the Christ and you're going to say, we can, get, we can get through this. We can do it. So my prayer for you is this year, that you will be the first church that I've personally ever seen in my life that actually will understand community is much more than fellowship. It's part of it, but it's much more than all of that. That you're going to realize it's loving one another. That when someone goes astray, that you're not going to just sit there and point the finger because you saw the straw. But you're going to go, man, I wonder how many years it took to get that to the point where that 167th of an ounce finally snapped and they broke them. Man, I, I didn't even see all the other stuff. Because not one of you are better than anyone else in this room. I'm not better than you because I hold this microphone. I'm just as screwed up and messed up as anybody else. You can tell. It's the reality of being honest with one another. You, you, why, you know why you laugh? Because you're not used to somebody being so blatant, just honest with you this way. Like, yeah, I am crazy slightly. I mean, honestly. They have medication, but I haven't taken it yet. So, but what's important is, is we get comfortable enough just like this that we can talk to one another. And you go, well, he's not my flavor, but that's okay. PG might not be your flavor. That's okay. Not everybody wants to have that flavor. That's fine. That's not what God's called you to be. He's called you to be a part of a kingdom and a community together. And all you do is you judge the worship and the preaching. That's not it. No. You know how you can tell if you're called to a church house? is if you gave everything you have to be in fellowship and community with people and they really are reciprocating and they're growing in it, that's good. You're called, you're, you're breaking bread together, you're called there, good. 
You're not called to a house because you didn't like the messages or you do like the messages or you don't like the worship or, you, you know. Guys, we become so carnal in our thinking. Honestly, do something different this year. So I break off the spirit of Fred. <laughs> That's all I'll call it. I break off the silliness, the silliness of carrying weights. Like even today right now, I can look at people in here. I can see weights. I mean, I'm acting all weird, but the Lord does speak to me from time to time. I can, I literally hear things that you're going through in this room. It's bad. I mean, it's bad. It's heavy, guys. But you know what? You got to make a choice. I mean, I could pray all day for you and kick the boxes off of you, but I know as soon as I get done praying for you that you're going to walk out and drag those things with you and put them back on because you, you don't understand yet. Lock arms with people. Get in fellowship with people. Get real. And I just pray, Father, that this morning that you'll give us the revelation of real community. You'll give us understanding of what we're doing right versus what we're doing wrong. And that we can change from being the camel that carries way too much weight and remember that we still need a shepherd. We still need to move forward. And we need to learn how to rely on you. But at the same time, we want to be yoked to you, Jesus. We want to be connected to you. And as you lead and guide us, we know it won't be burdensome. It won't hurt. It won't be hard. And it might be scary because we don't know where we're going. But we know we're with you, so we're okay. So, Lord, I speak that this house will wake up. Wake up. And begin to have understanding of what you're trying to do. Allow your spirit to move in this house, Father, in spite of us messing up, in spite of even moments where leadership might get it wrong. None of that matters if we will just seek after you and love one another. I'm going to ask if you've judged someone wrongly, vented towards someone in this house, gossiped towards someone, listened to gossip towards someone, if you have had that attitude with others and people in this house, if you've been in that place, I'm just going to ask you to privately right now just repent with you, just you and the Lord. Tell the Lord, you know what, I confess this was wrong and I'm sorry. And I renounce this attitude. I renounce this way of thinking. I'm sorry I didn't give people the benefit of the doubt. I'm sorry that I judged them based on the straw that I saw and that I never saw the 600 pounds that they were carrying. I'm sorry for being critical of them by looking on the outside and thinking I had a clue. And just be honest. So last thing, look at me. Remember this. When, when someone speaks bad of someone, if I say, you know, hey, you know, PG, did you, do you know when he, when he says this or does this? Do you know, oh, my gosh. The person listening in that moment all of a sudden takes a piece of PG away from that person's heart. So... I just did that, and I hurt the way that person views that person. If you guys listen to gossip, it does that. I'm really bad. I, again, I've offended a few people, even here, and hear my heart on this one. And again, my heart is my intention because my heart's wicked and evil in all its ways outside of Christ. But hear my intention. I've had people come up to me and say, listen, and they play it because you're a leader. They tell you. This, you got to be careful. There's a fine line on this one. They come up to you, but did you see so-and-so? And I'm like, hey, first of all, stop. And I literally, I've stopped them. I'm like, whatever you're about to tell me, have you gone to so-and-so yet? And they're like, well, no, you're a pastor. And I'm like, no, no, no. The Bible doesn't say run to your pastor. 
The Bible says you see something wrong or there's a problem with your brother, go to them. But what we've done in religiosity is we run to the covering because we think that's the way to go because we got to run to our supervisor because we're in a business and not the ministry of the church. Anyway, and what happens is we, we run to the pastor and we start throwing up on them and they'll throw up on you and they start all about this, 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 this. Listen, most likely they probably know about it and if not, they'll figure it out. But if you're going to them because you just want to tell them what's going on with their sheep because you're sick of it, then you're not a part of the flock. Run to that person in love and gentleness and say, hey, listen, what's going on here? Talk to them. You're like, well, I don't really know them that way. Well, that's your problem. Now just pray for them and mind your own business. This is how we should handle these things. But we think we got to run to our supervisors, our elders, and our supervisors every time there's an issue. If you have an issue with someone, go to them. If they don't listen, you can't get it resolved. Bring someone with you. Maybe then get one of the elders. Bring someone with you. Not your best friend that's going to jump on them with you. Bring someone that's going to be fair, balanced, and loving with you. Go to them. Try to reconcile. And if not, then we'll take it before the church. And the other thing, the other thing that we don't know how to do is if somebody all of a sudden goes off into left field with their life in community, and we have to start treating them like unbelievers, that's actually a really cool thing. You know why? Because how we treat unbelievers is we want to love them. They're lost. They need to be found again. We want to condition our heart to care for them. So when we, when we treat someone like an unbeliever, the church so far is like, we cast you out. No. I see you now as lost and hurting and needing Christ again, and I thought you had. Oh, my gosh. What can I do? That's how we treat them as unbelievers. <laughs> Community is painful. Community is rough. But you can do it. That is all. You good? I love you. <laughs> Christina, could you get on the keyboard for a second? I want to say this. Um, while you're speaking, I'm, I'm like, he, sensing this, these downloads. Like, it's like I, feel, like, I just want you to know how rich this word is. Uh, like, I, really. And if I could take anything from what you said, John. John is my friend. I've known, you know, I, was, I was thinking about you, you and, and Christina the other day. People don't know this, but like, We've known each other for probably 15 years, and we've done ministry together all before, even in my OHOP yeah. days, and we've, I used to preach in his camp, and, and everything he's saying is so true, and this is what I felt when, you, when you're saying it. If, if we heard you correctly, and, and thank you for sharing your heart. How many believe that this is for the word, uh, word of the Lord for, for us? If I heard you correctly, I felt the Lord say when you, when you were talking that com the community doesn't um, doesn't um, happen automatically. No. Com it can't be programmed. Right. Community has to involve our intentionality. Yeah. But I got two main things from it. Because you, said, you touched on something that I wish you would have touched a little bit more, which is the other side of community, which is when people choose to be isolated. And because when we think of community, we always think of the, the first one, which is we need to be intentional with other people. And that's true. Many of us are not even in that. But the other side of community is the people who just say, you know what, I want to be by myself, don't bother me. They haven't come to church in a while, and we just kind of let them go out of sight, out of mind. And if we're honest with ourselves, who is it that you are totally unaware of that have stopped coming to our community because they've been hurt, because they've uh, 
backslid because of sin or because life, right? Now, this is what I'm about to say is powerful. I want you to hear what I'm about to say. True accountability requires your action to help keep them accountable. True accountability means I haven't seen you in a while. I used to say this, John. The, ch the church leadership is darned if we do and darned if we don't. And it's better coming from them yeah. than coming from you. Right. All they're thinking is PG wants them here in attendance, and PG wants to fill the seats, and PG's worried about his offering. And PG, that's what people do. But if you do it, it's so much more real and organic because you are actually doing something and caring about the people. And that's what I was about to say. I've reached out to people, and sometimes they're like, well, you're only reaching out to me because I haven't been here for a while. And then when you don't reach out to them, they say, see, the church doesn't love me. <laughs> so either way, we can't win. If I say, I haven't seen you in three weeks because I literally do miss you as a shepherd, then it's like, well, I'm okay. Why are you, ju why are you judging me? And if I don't reach out to you as a leader, as a leader, then the church doesn't love me. But here's the key, and I'm going to end it with this. You want to be a church or community? You be community. I'm going to have homework for you. I want everyone to stand up. I'm going to have homework for you. I want John to stay here just, just for one last minute here. Is your response to people that have fallen or are no longer here in a critical manner? Or is it a time where you're scared to say something to them because of the backlash? I'm going to say something so powerful. If you truly love that person and you're in community with that person, true community will allow yourself to say, I love you, but you're wrong. Or I love you, but you need help. Here's the last thing I'm going to say, and I'm surprised you didn't say this, but it's so good. How many Christians do we encounter as leaders that say this quote, and they quote it wrong? Jesus says, don't judge, right? Don't judge me, right? Now, Matthew 7 says, judge not, let's what? Let's what? Right? If you study that scripture, what Jesus is talking about there is judging with fault-finding motives in your heart. If you study that scripture... Because Jesus actually says, I can only judge with righteous judgment. And in 1 Corinthians 5, it says, don't you know we are called to judge each other? In other words, what does judge mean? That has a negative connotation. I'm judging you. No, judging means if you call yourself a brother, if you call yourself a sister in Christ, and your actions are not congruent with the word, I have the responsibility as your brother. I have the, you have the responsibility as a sister to say, what you're saying and what you're living is not congruent with the Bible. And you may think that I'm judging you. I'm just holding you accountable. That's where we need to get back to. Because you know what? I love what he said to me privately one day. He says, who knows that when these accountability starts happening, the Lord will use these words and accountability to bring the necessary conviction into people's lives. I want to close with this. As we head over to 2021 it's just a calendar date what really needs to change is not the calendar is us here's the homework i'm going to give you are you type 
the type of person that just isolates themselves and doesn't want anything to do with anybody because perhaps maybe you're afraid that if you get too close to someone, God forbid you start being accountable for your life, right? Number two, can you be intentional about creating community, not just in the setting of fellowship here, but with each other? And last but not least, I don't know where Pastor Keith is, but he says something prophetic this morning. You said some prophetic as we were leaving. I don't know if you heard this, John. We we're all leaving prayer, and he turned to me, and he said, Pastor George, I just want to tell you that there's some in our community that are reaching out behind the scenes that you don't know. That's what community looks like. If you leave it up to the leadership, if you leave it up to me, I will fail you miserably because I don't know all of your numbers, and I can't follow up with every one of you. You need the body of Christ. Let's pray. Let's pray. Father, I ask, Lord God, that even as John preached this convicting, encouraging word, I'm asking, Lord, if there's people here today that have felt isolated. I just felt that so strong while, while Pastor John was speaking. If you've isolated yourself because of pain, the Lord is inviting you to be part of a community. But he wants you to be intentional, watch this, and vulnerable without excuses. I'm going to say that again. Intentional and vulnerable without excuses if you could be honest with yourself some of the reasons why we've been isolated some is because of hurt but if we're really honest with ourselves and i know that some of you're going to get upset with me but i promise i say this out of love some of the reasons why you're choosing to isolate yourself is because you're buying the lie of fear because of what's going on in our nation and it's brought it's got you an excuse to say well because the church doesn't wear masks or because you know, I'm around a lot of people. I'm not going to have fellowship with them. You've bought the lie that it's better for you to stay home. Come on, somebody. That it's better for you to stay at home in fear in the name of safety than to get out of your bubble and make true godly connections in your life that will help you. So if you're here and you need prayer in this area, I'm not going to manipulate you. I just want you to come, come up. Come up, right? As, as we end this service, John preached such a beautiful message. If you feel convicted about that, or if you say, I want to be the difference maker in RCC. What if every one of you here took this message and actually start being community, making community with at least one person here? Guess what? When there's a sickness, there'll be prayer for that person without me even knowing it. When there's a financial need, there will be something f f fulfilled. Ask yourself as you close your eyes, how can I be the answer to a community church? Have you seen someone struggling and not reached out? Or are you the type of person that don't want to make friends? This is for you, church. This is what community looks like. This is what love like looks like. This is what Acts chapter 4 looks like, that they all had everything in common and it doesn't mean that you have to be of the same ethnicity as that other person it means that we're the body of christ if this is you and you want to just make a commitment even if you said you know i i have i kept hearing this while john was speaking isolation if you have felt like you've been isolated or circumstances has isolated you and you know deep down inside you don't like that isolation and you need community again. You need people on your life. This is going to be a bold thing, but I want you to raise your hand if that's you. If you feel like you've been isolated or circumstances have isolated you and you realize, I need community, I need godly friends, I need brothers and sisters, raise your hand right now if that's you. 
I see some hands raised. Right now, I want you just to, to pray right now where in your seats. You don't have to come up. If Christina, you can lead us into worship. But those who have their hands raised, I want you to consider making some changes in your life. Come on, let's just close our eyes and let's just worship one last time. Then you will dismiss you. Father, we just thank you, Lord God, for those who raise their hands. And we ask for grace, for openness. I hear the Lord saying, don't wait for someone to come to you. Find someone. I hear the Lord saying, find someone that is spiritual. Find someone that is friend. Listen, first chapter of Psalms, the first verse of Psalms says, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. 1 Corinthians 15 says, a bad company corrupts good morals. It's time you come out of isolation and into community. Come out of isolation and into community. But the answer is, it's going to happen when you make the decision. Let's just worship one last time here. Then we're going to close.